you know, experiences that one has had. So, you know, examples of that, like I mentioned, could be uh, experiences of the upbringing. You know, maybe there was abuse in the family, whether there's uh, bullying, whether that was uh, um, just a beliefs around uh, topics like money and, um, and education and uh, relationships and all of these things, uh, uh, whether consciously or unconsciously, have affected... This is Scratch Your Own Itch, the one show that delivers the conversations that we're afraid to share, but need to. This show is all about creating a life worth living. I'm Logan Tyler Nelson, and I'm your host. So you're going to hear conversations with creators and entrepreneurs talk about what they do, their current and past traumas, how they became who they are, and what they are truly curious about. This is the show where we talk about the things we think about a lot, but need to talk about more. Please take note that this show is not a substitute for actually creating a life worth living, because this show will stir your beliefs, make you question what it means to create a life worth living. So my promise to you is to always give you one question to answer for yourself today, to start turning your dreams into a reality. Hey, you. Yeah, just you. So, today's guest is Corey Shike. Um, I will let you know that this audio is a little bit under par. Uh, we had to do it on Zoom, and uh, I'm not going to pretend that it's not bad, but it's not amazing. Uh, the thing is, is we had to just go through and, and do it on this and because uh, my normal way of recording uh, was not working, so we did it on Zoom. But I do want to invite you to still listen to the episode. You're going to get a lot of mind-blowing knowledge. This guy is incredible in the way he operates in the world and the way he thinks. I love it. I also think that uh, if you guys want to check out a place to feel less alone, go to Logan at LoganTylerNelson.com and send me an email about how I can help you in the podcasting world. Because I'll tell you what, podcasting has changed my life. And I'm not even kidding when I say this. It has changed the way I look at everything. And I'm even starting a book because of it, it's just, uh, I, I've been writing for the last four years and never actually decided to publish anything, but now I'm putting something together and I'm excited to launch that book within uh, the next uh, four or five months. And once I uh, get that out there, it'll be for you. And um, I also, I know I'm asking a lot, but if you could please hit the subscribe button and leave a review and let me know how I'm doing. I know it's not easy, but 
gosh, it helps so much if you just leave a review or at least, you know, just have some communication with me and where you're at and how this uh, show is helping you. And I've got a review that Marie Author left me. She said, this show is amazing because it brings on guests that scratch their own itch as well as yours. Thank you, Marie, so much for leaving this review. I really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, Check out Marie Author's own podcast. I know she has one too. So check her out. And she's an incredible woman. She'll be a guest on mine uh, of mine soon. So I can't wait to have her on. But yeah, without further ado, enjoy my interview with Corey Scheidt. you so i think you are in for a real treat today i'm with a very wise but young man named Corey scheich he is a modern spiritual teacher speaker healer writer meditation and movement instructor scheich has one singular mission though supporting those who are willing to do the real internal work in order to succeed in eternal peace, limitless creativity, balance, wellness, and unconditional love for life and all others. Just last year in 2016, Shike founded his second wellness venture, Infinite Life, which is a central hub for supporting individuals in the realms of heart-centered entrepreneurship, holistic healing, and a modern model of self-realization in which he calls the Infinite Teachings. A method in which it draws upon the direct experience in fields of adhyatita, and we'll talk about that because it's a very crazy word that I've never heard of before, Uh, yoga, tantra, energy healing, nutrition, neurology, movement, and sound healing, as well as martial arts and meditation. So he uses all these things to combine a way and a tool to rapidly accelerate one's journey of healing and personal transformation and answering the question, who am I? So I want to introduce you all to this guy who has gone through so much with me for the past three days, uh, or I guess just a couple of days, trying to get this interview together. And um, he's a real champion. I can't wait for you guys to listen in. Uh, without further ado, let me introduce you to Corey Scheidt. How are you doing today, Corey? I am well. I am grateful for being here and uh, you holding this call, and I'm excited for where this heads today. Yeah, me too, man. Um, so the first thing I'd like to start out is kind of get a sense of uh, who you are. And I know it's a big question, so we could talk about that for but I'm really curious about the trauma that you had to go through in life in order to really discover who you are today. Well, I think it's important firstly to point out that, um, you know, the, the experience of, of trauma really is nothing other than the experience of suffering and suffering being simply, um, an experience of 
uh, fear as what one believes to be true. You know, so maybe how that is translated into our practical everyday life, you know, many times we have fears of things that aren't actually even real. They're not even really uh, happening. They're just in the mind, being held in the mind, constantly perpetuated in the mind. And that creates uh, this false sense of reality, you know, a false sense of what is actually occurring. And so trauma is just the remnants of the situations and experiences in which we uh, were identifying with something in which was unreal that, and believing it to be uh, real, right? Believing it to be uh, the end of the world, believing it to be, um, you know, uh, something in which is going to completely end it all, you know, change our path for on, on, and send us on a negative um, you know, direction and, and all of these things that the mind comes up with. So trauma really is just the, the remnants of uh, specific situations in which have caused uh, very intense degrees of suffering. And so like all experiences in which we've had that are, are negative, in the moment in which we're experiencing them, they don't seem like, um, you know, they're going to guide us to some great destination or, or bring us some, some deepened wisdom or lesson. And that's, of course, coming from a place where we're, we're, we're very identified with the feelings we're having in those moments where we're very uh, attached to the experience of what's currently arising. And we, we can't see the bigger picture in that moment. But of course, as we have all experienced in our life, we've all gone through times where they were challenging. They were feeling those, those deep, deep uh, experiences of suffering and fear. And we've overcome them and come to a place of, to recognize that they were actually our greatest lessons. They were the greatest opportunities for us to experience a further uh, love in our life. And so, you know, in my case, you know, trauma came from all, all different areas, whether that be my upbringing, uh, you know, upbringing, and many of us have had various experiences with our, you know, father and mother, in which have conditioned us in very specific ways, or getting into common forms of, of bullying and um, just not being able to fit in with uh, the norms of our society. Um, and then moving into, you know, other types of trauma, there'd be physical trauma of, of uh, you know, uh, different injuries that maybe one has, has had, and I had many in my experience. You know, all of these experiences naturally are just imprints in our body and mind uh, that register um, a certain, uh, you know, block or a certain emotional uh, charge that we have towards something. So for instance, if somebody has is attacked by a dog one day, well then generally if they don't resolve those emotions that they have around that, then well naturally that charge of that fear is now attached to the image of the dog. And now so when one even thinks of a dog, they feel that same anxiety, that same emotion, that same intensity. And uh, this is of course coming from unresolved uh, trauma. So the, 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 the nature of one's journey is, is less to do with the actual image or the actual trauma itself, the object in which has so-called so caused the, the suffering or the trauma, but it's more important that we come to the actual emotional experiences in which it triggers so that we're able to deeply feel what uh, needs to be felt in those experiences and uh, in essence complete that emotional experience or resolve um, that uh, traumatic um, emotional experience. And so by doing so, and, and, you know, this is much of what I walked through for a, a, a large portion of my journey, you come to a place of deep clarity where now 
when you think of that dog or when you go in front of that person or you um, approach a certain situation, that charge is no longer there. And because that charge is no longer there, one can make a very clear decision based on what they feel is balanced in that moment and, and, and keeping in alignment with who they actually are. And so, uh, you know, I feel that's a good opener to at least the topic of trauma because we've all had it. We all have experiences. And at any point in time, if one just inquires to, uh, you know, what's presently coming up in your life about a certain theme, a certain uh, topic, a certain person and which causes a certain uncomfortable emotion, you naturally can find um, that uh, there is a certain trigger point and a reason behind why that trigger is arising, why that emotional emotion is there. And then you can begin to work to release that emotion and um, become free. Wow, 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 wow. Uh, so much. Could I get, I don't know, I, I guess like in a way I really want to hear like a, a story though that came from you personally. I know that it's it's kind of hard for you to even think of trauma in, in a way of trauma or like in your words, which you said, uh, I believe uh, the word was um, uh, just to feel like there was, I guess, like, honestly, like trauma just does not even exist to you, does it? Like at all. Well, I mean, there's been a certain purification process that's occurred where um, nothing stands out, right? And, and, but there's an important catch with this is that what I mean by nothing standing out is, I mean, everything is seen as in deep equality. And our life, for, for most people, uh, life is, is revolved around a chasing of love and a, an avoidance of fear. And so when one um, looks inwards or when they just scan their, their thought forms and their ideas about life, uh, there's various things that really stand out to them. So, you know, they could have a, um, someone they care deeply about and, th and that person really stands out to them. There's an intense degree amount of love for that person. Um, and then they could also think about uh, someone they hate, you know, someone they, they have, they think is their enemy. And there's an intense degree of fear and anger and shame around, um, you know, viewing that person. And so what, what tends to happen as one comes into a space of really willing to feel anything, you know, completely opening themselves up to be burned alive by the flaming fire of emotion, which, you know, is the, the, the master teacher in each human's life. When one's open to experiencing the depth of emotional experience, then what tends to occur is, you know, the emotions start to arise, you know, things that you were under the, under the, the rug for some time or things you didn't know you, you uh, ideas or beliefs you didn't know you had about certain things or people, you know, these things start to arise very rapidly. And so what tends to occur is one goes through the stages of healing of various, uh, you know, experiences that one has had. So, you know, examples of that, like I mentioned, could be uh, experiences of the upbringing. You know, maybe there was abuse in the family, whether there's uh, bullying, whether there was uh, um, just a beliefs around uh, topics like money and, um, and education and uh, relationships and all of these things, uh, uh, whether consciously or unconsciously, have affected, you know, you in, in a very specific way. And so when one comes in contact with those same experiences when they're an adult, um, all they're doing is filtering those experiences based upon the, the filter in which they have uh, learned, which is the belief structures which they have accumulated through their environment, through their family, their friends, their education, their teacher, etc. And so 
as one deeply comes into that feeling process where, you know, I, I, there's a specific method in which I teach, which is really not that complex at all. It's very simple. It's just love everything. And what I mean by that is, is maybe more accurately can be defined as uh, emotionally feel everything, emotionally allow everything, emotionally accept everything and look to ride the wave of emotional experience without a resistance. And so that just comes down to a willingness to feel any emotion, however it appears. It could be the darkest of shame or the highest of love and bliss. Neither or are, are, are discriminated against, if you will. There's a, there's a deep acceptance for all to, to come forth and, and be there for as long as they need to. And in essence, this is all that energy healing or energy or emotional healing or emotional re resolution actually is. It's a willingness to feel emotions that have been put down, held down, um, and suppressed. And so, so naturally, as that evolves and that experience and, and those emotions arise, then one comes into a deeper sense of equality within all things. So the love in which they, because, you know, the, 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 the practical and logical uh, pointer here is that if you feel love for um, your, your loved one, like a person, or if you feel love for your laptop, or if you feel love for um, a certain idea, maybe you love the idea that uh, life is supposed to be a certain way, or you love the idea that um, you think you're great at soccer, or whatever that is. Whatever object you're loving, uh, that feeling of love is always experienced inwardly. It's experienced at the source to the perception of uh, of, of you loving something. So you're not actually feeling the love in the other person, or you're not feeling the love in the object, or you're not feeling the love in the idea. You're feeling the love in you because that's where you're experiencing it. And, and you're perceiving uh, the object of what you think you're loving. Right? And so this is a very important pointer. It's very, it's very um, uh, simple and practical, and, and some people may even be confused by that, but it's really, it's, it's just recognizing that love or the experience of life is felt inwardly. And so if love is experienced inwardly, then we recognize that, and, and as one starts to inquire as to, okay, well, if I'm actually feeling the source of love here, well, then is the love actually coming from this person, place, or thing, this object of attention? And what one will tend to find is that, no, the, the love in which is experienced is actually experienced at the source. And if one is willing to feel more and more and deeper de depths of that love, then they will open to be able to love these objects even more deeply. And so in that space, one recognizes that, well, love is not actually for any specific object. Nothing can actually stand out as being more loving or less loving. Love is always just going to be what is experienced inwardly. So if I'm feeling down today and I look at the, the person in which I seem to love, well, all of a sudden that love is not the same thing anymore. So we have to ask ourselves, well, is it really us loving that thing or is it something uh, that has nothing to do with the object of attention? And so why this uh, uh, connects back to your original question in regards to you know, specific experiences and all that. I mean, there's many, there's so many, you know, and, and really, you know, whether it's been, like I said, abuse or bullying or physical trauma or being, uh, you know, rejected or being uh, betrayed or all of these things, I mean, they're no different than what anyone else is, is really experiencing. And, and why it's important to recognize this is that if we lose the attention or if we pull back the attention from the specifics and the details of the story, we, we start to have an, over, an overlaying, an overall trust and faith in life um, that 
isn't so specific on, on certain things. And thus from that, we start to re release our attachment to specific people, things, objects, places. And we begin to experience a depth of freedom, which comes back to what I mentioned, which is seeing everything in a deep equality. Right, seeing everything in a deep equality where nothing really stands out to you, and thus love can be ever present. You could love, I can love this, uh, these scissors that are on my desk right now. I could love the laptop. I could love the idea of this podcast. I can love uh, you who's, who's, who's hosting it, or you, the, the, the listeners. You know, there's no real difference because the, the same love is always being experienced inwardly. So, no matter where the attention goes, uh, that inward love doesn't shift, it doesn't fluctuate. And so we're moving beyond just the fluctuations of thought, feeling, and sensation, and we're coming to a place, we're coming to that in which does not change, that, that source of awareness in which is always uh, watching, aware, silent, um, and just here. So, okay, I, have you ever heard the quote on uh, where you put your attention, you'll have an intention? Uh, something like that, not that in specific, but I understand that for sure, yeah. Yeah, so then... What I think is really hard for uh, our our groups, I know that we're both millennials, millennials uh, in that matter. Like, and 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 one of our flaws is actually choosing like what we want to do for a living, right? And mm -hmm. so I think like you know what you said, uh, you know, we can kind of direct our love wherever we want, and um, I think it comes down to really uh, a deep well-groomed intuition um other people use like you know gut gut feelings or whatever like what do you use in your practice to know that something is just right that you're actually living for your overall why well when it comes to living with purpose, you know, this is, this is maybe a, a great way to put it. You know, a lot of people look to find their purpose. Um, but really when one, what one is desiring is to live purposefully. And of course, if one can live purposefully in each moment, then the chances of one aligning themselves with something which represents that in a more overall sense, and maybe more specifically in, in the form of career, because that's maybe in the more practical sense, how this is applied one can more easily navigate that because in each moment, their intention, the, the, where they're coming from, right? How they're looking to create this moment is coming from a place in which is of purpose, right? They want to fulfill their, their why, their purpose, their love for serving others, which maybe could be the fundamental love for every person, right? We all love to give to each other. So if that is the intention, then the alignment with a specific uh, career, uh, purpose, um, uh, method of doing, right? So what is the job you'd like to do or what project do you want to work on or uh, how would you like to conduct or design your lifestyle? These are all similar questions that are only going to be answered when one has come to that place in which is um, at the background to all of the changing thoughts, ideas, and maybe more importantly, directions. Because the majority of the time when one is asking what do I need to do in this moment? This is coming from a place of deciding between two things, right? There's almost always two options in which present, sometimes more, but it generally comes back to, to two options. And the reason why it comes back to two options is because 
within our relative human experience that exists within duality. So there's always opposites. Opposites always exist stemming from love and fear or just positive, negative, right? A positive, negative charge. There's also the neutral, right? The neutral charge, proton, neutron, and electron. And these are the fundamental building blocks of our, you know, physical life, our human life. Then we can recognize that at any moment in which we're ever making a decision, there will always be, there'll always be polarized uh, decisions. There will always be these kind of opposite um, ways of being. And, and d- depending on how much we have a grasp of our emotional sense, our emotional uh, e- EQ, if you will, our emotional intelligence, um, it'll range from a very intense contrast between feeling one needs to decide between one extreme or the other to the place in which one recognizes the actual benefit in both um, decisions coming from a more paradoxical lens where one can recognize that it's actually always um, or it's generally uh, a mix of both, right? If anyone is really deeply contrasted between two specific decisions or two ways in which one needs to do something, it's generally both. It's generally a mix of both. And that's the balanced way. That's the place of intuition. That's the place of the natural path, right? So, you know. Yeah, that's, that's, no, that's amazing. I just want to point out like that right there has to be uh, very notated for anyone that's listening right now. Uh, Because I think we so often we think that one way is the right way. And I think that can, uh, I don't know kind of, and I hate to use this word, but I'm going to say it, I think that can be a recipe for a fool. Um, A person that is like, this is the best way, this always works, this never works, or, you know, using some sort of like superlative. It happens a lot in the fitness world, it happens a lot. Well, you're in math class, you know, A equals A. But uh, oftentimes, I think anytime that I've ever met someone that's like truly unmistakable, that's truly defining, that's truly making things that are innovative they're mending two amazing ideas and they're putting them together to truly create something that's innovative um, i don't know if that speaks to you at all um, totally it's kind of like the the magic happens in that space of unknown you know where yeah. you know when you when you step into the creative process that is always the unknown you know no matter what you're doing uh whether it's a painting whether it's creating a business whether it's uh you know writing a song or or, or even just going out on a day and wanting to have an adventure with someone you love. It, it, if, if it's truly creative, if you're truly willing to dive into the unknown, then what, what will occur is always that space of, of, of creativity, right? Like the unknown holds the magic of where creativity resides. And, and this, is, um, this is the supreme method of, 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 like you're saying, innovation, creativity, and, and always keeping life fresh in that sense and you know where this really comes from uh you know today i was having a call with a friend and she was speaking of new workshops and offerings she's she's providing in her business in this new year and and she just felt this intuitive call that she needed to do it but she had no idea how it was going to be done she had no no idea if it was even going to work out and it really just came back to the to the to the only knowing was that she knows that she actually knows nothing and this is really the, the, the humility in which so many are requiring in, in, in life, which is a deep humility to recognize that you truly know nothing about life. 
you, you truly know nothing about the way life is going to take you, where it's going to take you, how it's going to take you, why it's going to happen. You really know nothing about, uh, about, about what life actually is. The moment in which you think you know anything about life, that's instantly when, when the universe looks to humble you. And from that vantage point of being humble enough to recognize you truly know nothing, and you can continue to come back to that place, that humble student that's always willing to learn, always willing to evolve, and always willing to be adaptable to every moment, this is where the, the real magic happens because you can clearly set intentions and goals and visions for what it is you'd like to create. But the reality is, uh, I mean, your, your house could collapse in the next millisecond and you could be dead, you know? So you really have no idea about what's going to happen, how it's going to happen and how much time you really have left. And, 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 and if that is deeply humbly accepted, then not only will you always have a, a deep love and gratitude for each moment, you will be willing to open up to uh, the unknown, which is the actual only thing in which is actually real. The unknown is always present. And so we're generally afraid of the very things in which are, are currently happening. And, and so it takes practice to continue to surrender into the unknown and to, to, to work that muscle. But there comes a point, certainly, where, where it becomes your, your, your default mode, your default state. And... Um, and, and, and that, again, that's where the magic happens. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm sorry. I was just, like, thinking really hard about uh, – you're kind of pulling me into the matrix, I guess you'd say. That's the only analogy I have right now is, um, you know, you're lifting uh, this sort of cover that has been over my eyes, and I think anybody uh, – that may be listening to this and goes, I, 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 this, this is what I hate about life, though, is the unknown. It's really scary, and I, I just, um, I welcome myself to the idea that um, the unwell, the unknown, I guess, is uh, something that I need to be more willing to visit, and it's the unknown that actually creates the true defining strength that someone can actually step into the life that they were meant to have rather than the one that they're trying to plan to have um because it's like a roller coaster ride like once once you get onto it once you get actually seated in the feelings of of having no control is hard and it takes true true courage and when you have the courage i think that to actually make something new out of your life today and not wait tomorrow, but actually do something different with your life today. Um, what do you say to someone that wants like, that comes to you, you know, that says like, Hey, Corey, you know, you could change my life just by giving me, you know, a million dollars. Um, or Corey, could you just change my life by uh, handing me over a business model that I know I can put in, a, in my um, my world and, and actually make something of myself because now I'll be known. Um, are you are you able to actually help that person uh, by just giving them these esoteric sort of like ex, what do they call them uh, extrinsic motivators where it's just about money, fame, popularity rather than finding their intrinsic motivations, which is like you know, impact, like having a, a real impact on people's lives. And, and what would you say to that person that is looking for less suffering in their life? Cause they believe that they have suffering, right? 
Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the truth is, um, none of the, none of the things in which you mentioned need to be left out. You know, nothing is better or worse than, than anything else. And this is always an important component because it's always about staying truly authentic to what's present. So at any moment in which anyone comes to me, anything in which I have in regards to a preconceived teaching or methodology or concept or idea about the way I think one needs to live their life or seek spiritually or, you know, attain or not attain wealth or these things, anything I think I know about that really has to go out the window because the only thing that matters in each moment in which when I'm with somebody is what's authentically real for them in this moment. That's all that will ever matter because the majority of the time, most people only ever just want to be heard. They just want to be seen. They want, want someone to listen. And that listening can, can, can cause a deep sense of transformation because that transformation is coming from a place of non-judgment, a deep, unconditional love. No matter what arises, no matter what question, no matter what comment, it doesn't matter. Because truly, each and every one of you or each and every, every individual is already where they need to be. They're already uh, self-realized. They're already in a complete alignment with where they are, where, where they're at. And they just need to be willing to see it in that way. Because by seeing it in that way, then whatever physical changes they desire to make, they'll be able to make. But the reality is, is wherever you are in your life at this present moment, you have desired it to be so. It could not be that way other than you desiring it to be so. And we could also say that those desires are subconscious and maybe not in your conscious realm. So we could say maybe it's not your fault that your life is that way in that sense, right? Because, of course, you know, a, a child in Africa who's starving to death, you know, we, we, we certainly cannot say that they've desired it to be that way. But subconsciously, what has occurred based on their upbringing, based on the, the environment and that geography, that has caused that experience of life to be present. And so no matter where or what one comes to me with at any point in time, the, the intention comes back to what you mentioned, which is really they just want to be relieved from suffering. That's it. So it's not necessarily that the, having money will be bad or uh, being more, con uh, being more uh, you know, spiritual or whatever that means or any of these things are any better or worse. It's just simply to say that one desires to know the truth of their existence, which is that everything is perfect exactly as it is, that where they are is exactly where they need to be, and that they never really can suffer because they are the awareness in which is always aware of suffering or happiness or bliss or pain or whatever. And so this is really the only importance for, for one on the path is to, to, to be pointed back to this sense of awareness that can be aware of what's authentically real in the moment. So if what's authentically real in the moment is one believes that they need money to survive, they want to be more comfortable. If that, if they believe that's really true for them, well then, then uh, who am I to say that that's not what's correct, right? If that's what they feel is authentic, real, then that's what they need to pursue. That's what they need to go down. But the intention will always come back to, can you come to the sincere place in which desires that? Is there a place inwardly that truly knows that that's what's important for you? And by, by trusting in that, by pointing one back to themselves to say, trust yourself in what you desire, then you can go down the route of manifesting what, what one may say is material or another may say is spiritual or whatever. And, 
and 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 one can learn based upon the actions within life in that sense they can ba- they can learn based on their each authentic moment being being vulnerable to each moment to know that that i need to, i simply need to trust with what's arising inwardly what's what what do i truly feel that i desire because again if if one if we're not being authentic to where at one's actually at then um that then that's when simply you know people start suppressing desires you know suppressing things trying to avoid things because they think it's not you know uh, righteous or they don't think it's the right way because someone told them so because that's really all it is the majority of desires that people have are learned we have basic needs and then we have a bunch of desires and wants that have been learned based on our culture upbringing community conditioning karmic energy there's so many things so if we just come back to the basic needs and we look to meet those, then uh, the rest kind of handles itself, you know, because we could say that maybe one that feels that they need millions and millions and millions of dollars to be happy is really because they haven't actually met inwardly. They don't actually feel safe in their life. You know, they don't actually feel secure in their life because maybe their, their childhood was filled with abuse and violence and anger and um, and uh, lack of safety, lack of feeling that love. So in their view, inwardly, they believe that, that getting a bunch of money is actually going to solve that. They're going to be able to feel safe if they have it. But, but because they haven't moved to the emotional space to actually de- deal with that and re- resolve that, then, um, then they continue to, to look and to, to, to provide it with an object. But that object can be anything. It could be a person, it could be an idea, it could be a belief structure, it could be an opinion, it could be money, it could be a, a, a teddy bear. It, you know, any object that one believes is the source of love, um, they'll just forever keep chasing that specific thing until one moves inwards. <laughs> yeah, I, what, what really is uh, the word perspective to me is just really coming into all this. Of, of it's not, It's just the lens that you look at life through right? So it's like, if someone is looking for all these things that they believe that they need, rather than looking at the things that they already have, you know, all these things, but life is like that. I mean, we can't, I mean, I guess you reach one goal, and then you get to another goal, and then you get to another goal, and then you get to another goal. And this is neither good or bad. It just depends on your perspective. To where uh, you know it's like you know a, a bad habit, for example. I, I I don't know if I believe in really a bad habit. I just believe more so in uh, in habits that give you immediate um, pleasure versus versus a healthy habit, which is like a little bit of work in order to get paid off on the back end. You know, like a workout. At first, it kind of stinks doing a a workout, right? But then once you get through it, you feel so amazing that you went through it, right? Or a bad habit, which is like, you know, uh, maybe smoking or eating too much food. Like it gives you an immediate, awesome sense of pleasure right away. But then all of a sudden, um, it kind of uh, uh, hurts you because that, 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 that quick go-to food that was supposed to be comf- comforting is now uncomfortable because you just had too much of it or maybe smoking uh, becomes uncomfortable because you just had too much of it. And so I think what your practice does, and the reason why I'm bringing this up, is to look at life in a different perspective. And I think looking at habits, to me, is looking at it in a different perspective. And to 
become, I guess, I, I, I don't love this word, but I think it's enlightened. I think it's just being more enlightened with who you are and having a self-realization um, to what I say at the end of my shows all the time is you matter and you're enough. And I say that only because I think uh, oftentimes we can be stuck in the rat race. We can try to get all these things. And once we get these things that we thought were going to make us quote unquote happier, they end up not really making us happier. So um, I would like to ask you, what do you think is a system that people can use um, like today to start actually making, uh, I guess, more self-realized goals or uh, start implementing the practices that you do so they become more courageous to do those things that they're really scared to do? Well, great question, because the practice is really what is the only thing that matters. And if I were to pose you and everyone listening the question, do you exist? There is an instant, obvious yes that arises, for the most part, I would hope. And that yes, the answer and the word yes comes after the direct feeling of yes, there's an inner knowing that you exist that doesn't need the word yes to affirm it. The, the, the word yes just is the form of communication. But inwardly, there's a knowing, an instant knowing that one exists. And so we could say that that knowing, and anytime we know something 100% for certain, that knowing breeds confidence, it breeds a sense of clarity, it breeds a sense of certainty a sense of security, sense of uh, completeness. Everything really that we desire is, 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 resides within knowing, within knowing something for 100% certain. And so if we come back to the most fundamental foundation of our life, which is I exist, I am. And that is not just the word I am or the thought I am. There's actually a feeling to that. One can actually tune in to the sense that of I exist, that sense of I am, that sense of being in which is at the source to everything that's happening. It's the same knowing in which exists in the darkest of times. It's the same knowing that exists in the highest of times. There's no, it never fluctuates. It never changes. If you were uh, in the depth of despair and I asked you the same question, you would answer it just the same. And so the reason why this is the fundamental pointer is that as a practice, by continuing to come back to this sense of awareness, this sense I am over and over and over, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 times a day, and then not only maybe doing it in a meditative sense, like maybe for five, 10 minutes straight, just continuing to bring your attention over and over back to that sense of I am, that sense of that feeling, that knowing. With practice, you be able, you're able to start to reside here, to stabilize here, to realize that this is actually who you are. And that no matter what thought, feeling, sensation, circumstance, person, place, or thing that's appearing in your life, it does not change this confidence, this knowing. And so with this singular practice, everything can be resolved. It's so simple, but it's, it's extremely difficult because everything in the mind will tell you that this is not it. This is, you can do something else better with your time. Don't, it's, it's worthless. What's the point of it? But I guarantee if you practice this, and I have a lot of resources on my website and YouTube, 
and this is what I do in a lot of our, our workshops and one-on-ones, is simply to point someone back and continue to give them the reference point of what this feels like over and over and over um, until it stabilizes. And as it stabilizes, then one will know themselves. And as you're mentioning, know what to do in life, be able to uh, conquer fear and uh, live life to the fullest, literally. Just be free in life and to live it exactly as one pleases. Uh, well, this will be your new foundation to be able to manifest that. So that's what I will end with in that space. <laughs> no, thank you. That's, uh, that's, that's a really lovely way to end it because honestly, I think that, that kind of helps a lot of people um, sort out the bigger questions that they may have um, to answer because I think that one of the things that people need to do is not um, the wrong answers, but ask the, the questions that are um, truly giving themselves a sort of a curious uh, touch, which I, I love to follow your curiosities and to be able to actually like open yourself up to these new things is not easy. And that's why I believe wholeheartedly what you do with your practice and with, with your business is you open people up. You don't, uh, you don't try to change them from being the person that they are, but you just open them up. And that does take a lot of, um, a lot of courage because we've been practicing a certain way of doing things for so many years. Uh, who knows what kind of baggage you're really going to open up. And it's not therapy. It's sort of, I think it's uh, coaching yourself for the future to make a better version of yourself which I'm all about. Like, uh, personally, I love that stuff. I love not uh, going into these deep historical wounds that you've been suppressing forever, but to open up to the future. Um, and I don't know, like maybe some people end up finding themselves very uh, touched in a way where maybe this is healing some wounds that they didn't think were there, but now they're there. But uh, the whole point is to become more aware. I believe at least uh, to become more aware, to be okay with that. Um, so I just want to ask you just a few questions, Corey, because I know you're limited on time and I want to respect your time, but I do have to ask you a few questions because I think that um, the way your brain works, I'm really just, uh, I'm super curious on how you'll answer these few questions. So whenever you're ready, I'm just going to ask you three quick questions to sort of wrap it all up. Sure. Let's go ahead. Awesome. Um, What's a blessing in disguise that you recently had? My puppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the blessing in disguise is a puppy. Um, yes, puppies are hard to take care of, so I can get that. Um, uh, what is a, a current person that you wish that you could sit down and just ask them this one question? that you believe will change the way they look at everything? What's that one question? Who are you? And that is, is so hard to, to answer because so many people want to just say their name, right? And mm -hmm. that's not, that's not truly the answer. Um, so if your mind's a little blown, that's okay. Follow it. Uh, and, and the last uh, question I've got to ask you, man, is um, 
What is something that you've been thinking about a lot? Because I know you're human. Thinking about a lot, but you wish that you didn't think about very often. Hmm, that's a good question. I'd say... Oh, that's a good one. I'd say food, maybe. I'm pretty inter- I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty intricate with food, so maybe. Yeah, maybe food. Less. Less of a. Less of an analysis on food. I think I. I actually so so relate with that, and I don't know um, a lot of people that don't relate with that. I, li- <laughs> I recently listened to this interview with Casey Neistat, and he said he hated eating. Like he hates it. Like it takes so much time out of his day mm. to eat. And I'm like, you're not human, dude. You're a robot then. Because I don't know anybody. Like, then you've got to have, like, some sort of crazy wiring inside your head to just go, yeah, I don't think about food. And you know what? To be honest, I don't think about food when it's in sight. But once I get around people, um, I think it's, you know, environment is everything. It's your mm-hmm. community. Mm-hmm. So out of sight, out of mind, um, so to speak. But, yeah, certainly, dude. I, I love food and I love the thing that it does for me. Uh, I spoke a little bit earlier about, you know, uh, when you're hungry, that immediate pleasure is, is food again. But yeah, I mean, so easy to think about, you know, what you're going to eat all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it, it's especially tough when you um, live in a place where you believe that uh, food is going to nourish you in a certain way like for example like uh, if you're trying to build muscle or lose fat if that's on your mind of course food is going to be very a part of that process so um anyways that's just my little tangent at the end sorry um but uh hey i just want to say thank you so much for coming on scratch your own itch this has been a very rich conversation and a very different one you usually gets into uh, a story about ADHD or, uh, you know, depression or alcoholism. And, and I think just the perspective that you view it all as is, um, of course, yeah, suffering and stuff, but, um, gosh, there's so much to take from it. So I could go on for another 15 minutes and I'm excited to reflect on it. And I'm excited for anyone that's listening right now to take a quote, um, to just post on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter and just realize that you are someone that can make true change, like enormous change in your life today by just taking action on, on using a quote that I said or Corey said and putting it out into the world and ethos because when you do that, you start actually following that, that path and uh, know that you're not stealing this stuff. You're just borrowing it and you're using it to have a new story to be told for yourself, to your grandchildren, to your family members, to your future husband or future wife or whatever it may be, uh, to have these quotes that you use as documents to reflect on later on in life when you're lost um, allows you to really find a new way of being. And so um, with all that said, I just want to say thank you again, Corey, for coming on Scratch Your Own Itch. And is there anything that you'd like to um, leave off with a listener, uh, 
just that one person right now that you think is listening uh, that you'd like to say to that person, please do. I'd love to give you that time to do that. Uh, not so much. I think we really covered a good amount today. I think more on a practical light, if they want to connect with me more, just check my website, add me on Facebook, check on YouTube, Instagram, I'm, I'm all around. And, um, and yeah, like, like you, like you had mentioned, which is just utilize the, the, the messages, utilize the pointers and apply them. That's all application and practice period. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, I love it, dude. Thank you so much. Yes, please reach out to him. Uh, I didn't make this podcast just to be like a podcast where you listen to and then you hit next. Um, make that habit go away, please. Because uh, where has just hitting next really got you? Honestly, like ask yourself that question. Because I think that's a really big question. Where has hitting next gotten you to uh, become present? That's where the answer lies right now. So uh, thanks again, Corey, man. I'll talk to you later. Much love, brother. Much love, everyone. Peace. See ya. It's another episode of Scratch Your Own Itch with Corey Shike and myself. Oh, my God. If that didn't blow your mind, I don't know what else will. Uh, he is like, he is something. He, the... Just so many things are going through my head right now. Uh, I really enjoyed his his interview with me, and I really enjoyed the work that he's doing. Check him out. I'll put his links in the show notes. Also, guys, if you haven't checked out the Facebook group, Scratch Your Own Itch, Creating a Life Worth Living, please check it out. It's all about asking those deep questions. So I want to ask you this one question, though. After listening to this interview, where do you think you can go today mentally inside your head and give yourself some time to just think freely, just have some free space? So that's my curiosity question of the day is, Where can you go mentally to have some free space? Just 10 minutes of doing nothing. And I want to invite you to do something nice for someone. Because I guarantee you that when you're feeling down, the best way to feel good again is by doing something nice. Hey, maybe it's leaving a review or hitting the subscribe button or sharing this with a friend or sharing this with anybody because that's the best compliment you could ever give me is just by sharing this. So let me know what you guys are thinking. I'd love to invite you also to email me, logan at logantylernelson.com. Again, that's logan at logantylernelson.com for any review that you'd like to leave me. And hey, don't ever forget, you matter. And you are enough.